Welcome to Life Sci AI, the podcast series, series four, hosted by myself, Nick Mahoney from SciPro. In this series, we are specifically looking at the uses of AI within drug discovery. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome back to a brand new series of LifeSight AI, the podcast series. And as you know, this series is going to be all around um, drug discovery and how AI and other innovative um, approaches are being harnessed um, to push forward either drug discovery pipelines, platforms, or new ways of uh, dealing with the challenges within drug discovery. And to kick off this uh, episode, we have a really special um, company, a startup uh, based in the UK called Kwano. And Kwano are looking to combine state-of-the-art uh, simulation and AI to add quantum detail to the structure-based uh, drug discovery. Now, we have the CTO and co-founder David Wright with us today to talk all about um, Kwano's journey, but also his specialism in, in this area. Um, and why he um, he thinks that the inspiration of quantum computing um, can be utilized to harness drug discovery and and uh, push it forward. So welcome to uh, the podcast, David. Great to have you on. Hi, it's it's great to be here. It's nice. So they yeah, let's sort of have a first off an introduction. Uh, <laughs> so tell everyone a little bit about yourself, your role, and I guess um, how you got into this position at, at Quano. Yeah, so way back when I was a sort of computational physicist in my undergrad and sort of left that space wanting to do something more applied in some way and ended up coming to um, to UCL in, in London to try and use computers to understand how small molecules bound to to their targets on, on a sort of physical level. Um, and that sort of gradually evolved into a position where I was interfacing a little bit with drug companies and also doing the simulations, but also looking at how machine learning allows you to use physical simulations um, to knit together our understanding of the world with, with data. And with my co-founder, Vid, who comes at it from a much more, from a very different physics angle, we came up with this idea of being able to target particular types of um, drug targets. Those that have, um, those are called enzymes, which are sort of biological machines that do some chemistry. And by understanding that chemistry better, you can find out that in the middle of a reaction, they bind whatever they're doing a reaction with incredibly tightly. And that should give us a sort of template for perfect drugs. And that is sort of the answer to a problem that everyone else who are thinking about the problem from an AI approach going, I need to generate all of this data. And that's how I work out what sticks to my target well. We can replace that with a, a physics-based model. And so... Our dream is to sort of put together this idea of having very detailed models of how um, enzymes work and machine learning to generate new and interesting different chemistry that people haven't seen before to find sort of the ideal drug to just hit the precise target you want to, to hit. Um, and so the company has these two sides really of like things that come from a physics-based world and looks towards inspiration towards um, quantum computing. And then this much more, um, I guess, well-known aspect of looking at how AI and sort of um, generative models from that side can help us understand chemistry. All right, awesome. So it's like a, like a fusion of sort of quite innovative brand new areas of physics going into um, discovery and you know, what people have been doing the past sort of five, six years um, with ML and, and the utilization of, of that. 
where would you say you, you are though just to sort of go before we go into Kwano and a little bit about you know you David Wright did you ever think you'd be a co-founder do you ever think you would be you know as you are in a, in a in a company or have you fallen into this position I guess no I don't think I'd ever have thought I would have become into this sort of co-founding position I think I moved from very much wanting the sort of the dream of research and wanting to do things, but then ending up in the much more practical, how do I make a computer do this thing part of that space? Yeah. And in a way, that kind of so there's a movement within in sort of computational science and computer science of called research software engineers. And I sort of fell into this space of doing more of the software engineering, more of the sort of support work and a little bit and you know, like different volumes of science and some additional work looking into projects which were sort of trying to bring big collaborations of people together so it's more of a networking sort of thing and then I went out into my first job in a in another startup where you know trying to apply all of that in a sort of industrial setting became the goal and then once you've sort of put all these things together you're really sort of doing already um that role of all of the all of the hats you wear when you become a, a founder and so when the opportunity of having a really exciting idea of putting these things together which would sort of use up all these use all these skills I'd build up over the years and then move forward into those the things that are really exciting are having the control of being the person who's sort of setting the strategic direction um behind these things and then actually trying to solve the problems you're not like driven by um so in the academic space you're like there's always you need a publication or like someone else's you know for the sake of this project you must get interested in this widgety thing um here you go we at some point need to find a drug what are the fewest number of steps we can get from having just a computer to having a real drug which we have tested in in as far as we can take it along that pipeline and then eventually into patients yeah yeah so like more of like an impact um rather than like a a white paper or publication exactly yeah no. so what would you say when forming Quano, your purpose was so I think across, I mean, I guess I can speak for myself, which is exactly the purpose of Quano is to get better drugs and to really feel that connect, like for me personally, that connect, that sort of creative, showing that creative bridge that you've actually managed to put something into the world with your knowledge of of things. And I think across the team, that's pretty close with everyone's different angles on it. I think so we have a couple of people who come from a medicinal chemistry background or some from CROs, people who make the compounds, but being able to see the journey from beginning to end and having to know that it was your impact on the on the world, I guess. And the purpose there is like, from my perspective, there's something really interesting about, um, you can do it differently, right, to everybody else. And say, taking this slightly different angle, proving it out, having that kind of feeling of ownership, but also of um, the excitement of innovation, I guess. There's something really nice about doing it differently and being the first people to try a new way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with that, like, is it with the, with the Quano technology, are you drug agnostic or do you have a particular area of, of drug or of um, therapeutics that you are particularly looking at targeting? So the technology is, well, so within the realm of enzymes, which are sort of everywhere within um, biology, which but they're their only targets. So we wouldn't look at receptors or other sort of parts of that matrix. Um, mm. It could be anywhere. What we decided was both because of Everyone feel everyone wanted to feel an area which you wanted to really push for, and also just there's kind of good targets in the space. Is that we're aiming for sort of oncology targets initially, and we have some specific classes of enzymes that work nicely with our platform as it is now. And so 
within that, I think our first target is um, going to be a bowel cancer drug um, development project. The kind of the long-term dream is you have a platform that would probably look up from the type of biological target you want, and then find the therapeutic areas which are most useful and where you can have the most impact. So. Um, we wouldn't want to be constrained at this early stage in our development, but I think there's a real case to be had that there are like there are two two areas where it naturally fits, which are within cancer, partly because it's it's, it's sort of everywhere, and therefore the type of things which interact with um, so either small signaling peptides or DNA are type they're the type of enzymes that work well for us, or alternatively in sort of antimicrobial things. That's the sort of area which people have had success in the past. So what mm -hmm. one way of looking at what we do is it's automating something that's called transition state drug design. And right. the area where that's most proven out, it would be in something like um, HIV therapeutics. Mm -hmm. And the sort of question for us is this is an area whereby there are huge potential opportunities. And if the funding arrived there, that would be an amazing area for us to work with huge impact. Yeah. But right now, like that's not as easy to prove yourself out because it's not as much yeah. money it's not easy to test it out and that would be but i think that may change and we'd be really interested in in, in moving in both ways yeah sure. okay thinking about like impact and um and purpose sort of a slightly philosophical question there's no right or wrong answer <laughs> to this one, and you can absolutely fall on the fence as well if you wish to <laughs> for you would you go for a smaller impact across a larger population size or a larger impact on a smaller population size <laughs> i mean oh so i think it's hard like because i mean i think it's very easy to say that like to think about the, the endpoints of like are you saving lives or are you treating some sort of chronic illness in that yeah. space and i think it's much easier to know that you've succeeded in the kind of saving lives end of that spectrum. I think very, very, very binary. Binary, yeah. And I think these, you know, like you get the stats easier. It's kind of like whereas I think one of the things that is underappreciated is how much how important it is to um, have that impact on everyone's life all of the time and do these things. And it's yeah. also one of the things which, um, if we manage to make the dream machine that we want, so the idea is that you have these. The advantages of doing it the way that we do it is that you'd start out from a position where you have incredibly high potency so you stick to the target you want and you don't hit anything else because it's bespoke to that particular target the advantage of that is actually that should make a drug that you can take um you know you do relatively small amounts for a long time and have none of the effects side effects mm -hmm. so for me that all sort of turns up to the dream where i think we would be most have the most unique impact and therefore the thing that i currently think would be most exciting if in the long run would be to get into that space of doing these kind of uh lots of a small in what seems like a smaller impact across lots of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah but in realistic terms i think pragmatically knowing that you've made the impact <laughs> means that the other the exact other end of going let's do a cancer drug and show you that we've extended life by six yeah, months yeah, or whatever is the is yeah, the, yeah yeah no, and it's something that i always ask people as well like because some 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 platforms are there for a large number of people to be accessed and to make those you know those small differences. They're you know, going to like medical devices, back to medical devices. Uh, Gleamer, very successful imaging company for fractures. So it's like very small in terms of impact AI on, on there, but on a large scale, it can make a huge impact to a lot of people. Um, and then we also at Cypro work with a lot of rare disease companies. 
And that's like big impact on a very small section of the population. So it's super interesting uh, to delve into that. But before we just sort of go into, I guess, just, just um, explaining that the, the problem of sort of what Quano are looking to, to solve and what your technological solution is, before we jumped on this uh, on this podcast, we we're just chatting offline about sometimes, and I made exactly the classic mistake of, hey, what is quantum computing in relation, and, and you know how are you utilizing it and, and such. So people also might have the same viewpoint as as, as me or misconception of, of me around what is quantum, why is it being used, um, and the definition of it um, in this scenario. So it'd be great for you to contextualize quantum and also simulation as well, and what it means for you and bringing physics into this realm. Yeah, so I guess the sort of the best starting point is to sort of explain somewhat where we, we use quantum in two different ways too often, I think maybe in our, uh, our way of thinking. So one of which is quantum mechanics in the sense, which is the sort of fundamental physical understanding of how the world works and specifically how very small things and therefore chemical reactions work. And uh, the simulations that we use every day are based on trying to model the world at that level. So understanding how the sort of electrons and the atoms um, move around during reactions and how they that, that changes their properties. Um, and so when we want to follow an enzyme from the beginning of a reaction to the end, we have to use a model that includes some element of quantum in it. Otherwise, we just fundamentally couldn't get that right. And the other part of what we talk about is quantum computing. And my co-founder, Fitzwilich, whose background came from how do we try and describe this type of um, quantum description of the world using new methods in uh, computers, uh, that's specifically being quantum computing. And in this idea of quantum computing, you want to make a, either a special purpose or even a general purpose computer that rather than using zeros and ones like normal computers, uses a more complicated fun, uh, sort yeah. of basic uh, description of the information it's working with. And because it's based on the same type of entity, like a not zero and one, but this sort of distribution of states, which is exactly the same as that underpins the way that chemistry works, there's kind of a feeling that it should naturally be the first application of a quantum computer should be doing quantum simulation. So things like chemistry. Yeah. Um, in reality, the problem with doing that is that the quantum computers we have now are small and the chance of getting a quantum computer doing anything of the sort of scale we want to look at is sort of five to 10 years away. There are compute quantum computers now, but the getting to the, do the number of calculations we want or the style of calculations is, is you know, that distance away into the future. Yeah. Um, what has happened in the last, I mean, I say five to 10 years, but it's not really my area. So it's come to my attention in the last five years, I guess is a more, um, <laughs> is people coming up with um, algorithms that might work on future quantum computers that can be run now on what we'd call classical computers, the computers right. we have today. And what some people have found in some of these algorithms is that treating the system in a different way with the idea of getting onto a quantum computer one day has made their code more efficient or, or to be able to find different solutions that weren't found by using the ways we were working before. Yeah. And so this is where we're taking inspiration from quantum computing. And so what ends up being called quantum inspired uh, solutions. And um, so that's one of the ways that we'd like to go beyond what other people are doing. Like there's lots of very standard ways of simulating quantum systems that everyone has access to. And there's kind of a quite well-known 
sort of relationship between the amount of compute time you have to put in to get a certain level of accuracy. And what we'd like to do is go beyond that by using new methods or alternatively to use understanding from like one incredibly, one, one slightly less incredibly expensive calculation using a new method that allows us to improve our, our cheaper methods. And that's where we're putting these sort of quantum inspired methods and working on that in order to help us refine the methods we use every day. No, no, that's awesome. Thanks for the explanation. Um, it's definitely something that uh, man off the street, Nick, uh, <laughs> made an error on. So um, I hope I'm not the only one. Um, so def define define the problem that, that, and you've probably mentioned it here and here and there so far, though, but um, define the problem that Kwano are solving. I mean, I guess one way of thinking about it is that as we get better at diagnosing diseases, there are more and more diseases that we understand how we could, in theory, solve yeah. and so there are two parts of trying to solve that problem either you need you firstly once you understand that you need to understand the biology so that you get it solve it right and that's not the problem we look at but in terms of what do you want to do in terms of giving someone a treatment ideally what you want is to give them a um a drug right something that's really easy to to take every day and and then get to the right place and all of these sort of things and and we would say that there's here there's a real problem, which is just a chemical problem, whereby you need to design and engineer a piece of a small piece of chemistry that gets the the tie sorry that hits the specific bit of biology that you want to affect yeah. very precisely. Um, what we sort of believe is that there is a fundamental way of looking at that, which is that if we pick one particular type of biology, which is everywhere and involved in all of these systems, which is enzymes doing the chemical reactions um, in all biological processes, then we can use physical models to understand what they do naturally. And then that's the best way to try and stop them is to understand how they work naturally, and then find the pieces where they're most vulnerable in some sense to being stopped and design a very specific blocker for each individual um, enzyme target. And we, like in general, the problems that people face when trying to do this by, by sort of all of the other methods in our, and we're going to make a broad claim that everyone else is wrong in some uh, <laughs> fundamental sense, which this is not a mechanism that people have been trying to do this for years. And actually they've done it very precisely by spending an enormous amount of time and money on experiments that follow the actual atoms in real experiments. And they've found they can make very nice drugs with the type of properties that we're trying to claim we would get from a computer. But the advantage that we claim is that we can do it with any target. We can't, we don't just have to spend, we don't have to have years of specific knowledge um, mm. about every individual target to develop a new experiment. We can just put it into a computer in the dream world and run the reaction. And then we can use that to get us this template to do um, drug design. And we can use AI to do something that people struggle with, which is to find genuinely new chemistry. And that's why AI has been so, well, it's been so successful in being able to make it very efficient to, once you know what you want, to get to that more quickly. Um, and what we're saying is if we can use the physics models to find out what we want, then we can use these very efficient AI methods to get to that place of some chemistry that does it and get over this problem which everyone else has, which is if your way of defining what's good is by data from something that's already good, then you have to have already known what's quite good <laughs> to get to the next step of what's what's better. Yeah. And so we hope that by saying we get around that 
problem by saying the definition of good comes from our physical modeling rather than from data that you know. And that allows us to sort of let the computers dream of very exciting chemistry and then to find the best of this much bigger space. And I think like what's in sort of what people struggle to kind of, well, what I still struggle to understand <laughs> is quite how big the space of possible chemistry is. And so yeah. like I looked up the kind of a recent estimate which puts it at like 10 to the power of 60 potential compounds that you could conceive of making. And to put that in some context, there that is sort of what 25 times in times in the number of molecules, all of the molecules in the ocean by 10, 25 times, and that's roughly the same number. Um, and so <laughs> this is some sort of insane amount of things yeah, that yeah, you yeah. have to conceive of we could make. And this yeah. is why why the problem in terms of this time of like doing the chemical problem of drug design. Um, it's so hard because there are so many possible areas and what you end up doing is you go to places that you've you've known work right for good reasons like you know that that will yeah. um, have lots of properties you want you can make it these are important properties <laughs> um, but then that also works out to be limiting and if you have a if you know that there is a target you haven't hit yet like an enzyme that you haven't inhibited yet then you need to find some new chemistry and the only way to do that is by going beyond what you what everybody else is looking oh, I for. see. okay so it's kind of like opening up possibilities that, that us as humans could not think of um because our current um solution pathway is based on what we know previously yep, so you're just going let's just let's just open up the whole bag and figure out after that right that, that yes exactly that's let's the dream on the table and then use the ai to match the the known chemistry with the with the biology um with, with uh, this kind of dream this this sort of ideal um sort of this perfect drug that the, that we know from the physical idea and yeah, can yeah. we go and find that somewhere in this this sort of because uh, we know what it should look like and a way of thinking of it is sort of like we have this um i guess like an artist impression, like well, the physics gives us this impression of what it yeah. should sort of look like, but not the actual thing. So it doesn't give us, you know, it says it should be red here and blue there or whatever, yeah. uh, but it doesn't give us what is red and what is blue in those regions. So we need to find the perfect match in something that yeah. has, well, so what the problem that everyone has in, in, in the AI space is this part, which is that um, it's very easy to sort of dream up a set of atoms that look kind of correct but ones that you can sort of build and would exist in reality and so this is the challenge that we're sort of currently working through which is how do you make ai both search this huge space but also constrain itself to the to only the space of things we can make right so yeah. i the, the space i was talking about was just the ones we can make but it's much easier for a computer to think of even more compounds which we couldn't possibly make um so that's where you you need to use the cleverness and also where it's really important for our company to have not just me who can understand how to make a computer dream crazy molecules but also yeah. have somebody with a very grounded sense of what you could turn into a real compound in a yeah. lab it kind of goes to the next question then who sets the parameters of what the computer is looking at so i think that like we have we we drove our company initially by the idea that the the, the parameters of what it looks for are set by what comes out of our simulation. So what we want to say is like, we have this dream of a molecule, a perfect molecule. Let's try and make a perfect molecule um, and use all of the technology we can to just fire out 
streams of possible molecules and then just filter them to look as much like this template as possible. Yeah. Um, and what you find is it, it dreams crazy, crazy things. And so this is where the parameters have to come from, like they can come from data. So there'd be, or better, we've always found that no matter how well we try and constrain our models by data in the end, it's really important to have experts in the loop to try and tell to even even when you call it sort of active learning where they're a part of the loop of like going saying yes or no to the things that go back into the machine learning yeah. um, model but equally often just in a very practical sort of going here is a menu of a thousand molecules we believe looks really good which ones do you think you can make or can you change them to look near, not quite as good perfect but yeah. are make you know can be made that's yeah, where yeah. You gain a lot. My my thought process is here is if like the parameters are set by humans, right? Or or, or like based on data, um, then that data is what we know now. How is that not similar to, you know, we're now still working on what we currently know based on our old solution pathway rather than the parameters actually being set by the computer itself. It's a good question, and there, there's like I think that there's always the bit whereby your dream hits the the blocks of reality, right? In the like, um, the 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 question is, can we believe that it works more that you sort of you sort of inspire people to look to places they weren't looking before? Because you yeah. is is like the way that you take your journey is important to where you end up in a way, right? So, <laughs> um, it may well be that you have to constrain it by saying, I you you have to know how to put those building blocks together but you have to have a design the overall sort of outline of what you're doing and if you're if you come from a sort of if you start with just people trying to dream up how to do it they'll do it the same way they'll put the same types of block in the same types of places and yeah. some of this is saying well we kind of know that we're sort of really constrained by the blocks that we can make for a, the amount of money that we can afford um but could we put them together in a much more interesting way that you wouldn't have, have thought of um before and the real sort of truth is that you go through stages of this development. So what we'd hope is that we gradually sort of expand that places we we look at in the early phases and get closer and closer to the point whereby the computer can just dream things that could be made. And the challenge is then for people to understand how to make them. And there are there's you know there's whole areas of people working on that computational program of like can it tell people reactions they should try to try and synthesize the the compound yeah and obviously the dream sort of in a few years time would be to join up with that to go we have this create our machine can come up with crazy dreams which have incredibly high value now we need to bring in that technology that tells us how to make it in a more creative way but you sort of you build up to that ultimate yeah end point so like how how, how would you say then you are to yeah how close or how far along are you on that line to I guess like anchoring it back to to support on some of the biggest challenges of drug discovery. Like, is this like a long term piece, or is this? Are you still at the phase where we need to create the the the, the football field, as it were, um, and then bring the players on? Yeah, I mean, I think so. In practical terms, what we've proved that we can do is come up with compounds that we can make, and more than one medicinal chemist has said they wouldn't have come up with that. Right. design for that problem so in a practical terms we're already at the stage where we can do something 
useful. Um, and we proved that using sort of relatively constrained ways of making molecules. And the the sort of the sort of broader point of can I get close to my dream of making a perfect compound with like this sort of ideal set of properties from the off without really involving another human in the the loop i'd say that's a few years off uh like yeah and, and, our, and our sort of goal for the next year will be sort of proving out that we can go one step further than we have now which is to find something that hits quite well to a target in a way people wouldn't expect to something that um hits it even better but with the parameters of um drug design in mind right so you need to get it like i said before you need to get it to the right place in the body and all these type of yeah. um external challenges so you sort of there's a certain amount of um which order do you do these things uh these in and we've really kind of like the practical way to convince people that we can do it to get us to have the opportunity to do it in more different spaces is that you need to sort of um keep proving the points of our diversity from what people would would think and also the kind of um speed of getting there right so in practical terms that it's, it's all very well me saying i can um do this but if you have to spend 20 million pounds uh for each compound design well, you know, you just lock more chemists into a room. Um, <laughs> it's ultimately going to be the solution every time. And so at the minute, we're in that stage of going, we can do this quite efficiently. And then we have this, but we're competing against machine learning with data, which is if you can afford to do all of the data collection is an incredibly efficient process yeah. in terms of getting to that's, you know, a, a thing that does the the basic idea of, of the, the job. What we need to do is go further than that. And when you start proving out these other abilities to be like, where do we have the real advantage? And what that needs means is that um, we actually need to do more complicated synthesis. And so this is the challenge for us is to go from computer dreams to real chemistry. And that involves getting a better bridge. And we have the chemists, we have the people doing that and we have that there. And it's a case of to some degree, money and time. And yeah. then I can give you a better answer, which is more like yes or no, and not five minutes of talking about <laughs> yeah, the possibilities. No, for sure. I mean, I was going to ask, like, what do you reckon the unlocker will be for you? Where, like, is there, do you think there's going to be a magic moment where you go, right, this is now, this, this is something we can take and go on, we're validated now. You, you know, this is, you, you, you've got that first sort of, um, the first times when you've, creative compounds that, that medicinal chemists couldn't do. Um, but when do you think that mass uptake point would be, do you think? So I think that you, I mean, well, so like there's this sort of, there's a hoary old canard of the sort of the drug discovery world, which is that, that it's only a proven target when you've had it in the clinic for 10 years and a million dollars or something. So um, there's a certain amount of, 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 of truth in that, right? That until you have a, a drug that's really passed through all the stages, then, mm then you're always kind of setting your own standard or the standard of the market, yeah. I guess, in some sense. And I think for, yeah. for us, we have a pretty clear idea of what it would mean to have something that can be sold as a proto drug rather than being sold to people as a service where we help you get to the starting point of drug discovery faster. And for us, I think that would be the most exciting, like that would be the, the sort of the moment where we went, ah, oh, yes, it's all been worth it for the last few years working hard in our in our basements would be having something whereby yeah. you'd everyone would agree that you're now looking at something that you start taking towards people, you know, taking it through, um, you know, the preclinical trials and interclinical trials. That's where yeah, we'd yeah. go, 
that's that's we've really made the massive difference. But I think more practically, um, we have ambitions to just make the same thing, do the same things we've done now, but slightly better to the point whereby, if you were to say, could I do this with AI? Um, you know, it's not just the, it's a slightly novel design. It's my molecule is at least as good, if not better than what you would come up with from that alternative. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like your, your Nirvana would be to get a drug out there. Yeah, um, I think this is- But you think the, the via piece is going to be like almost like a, uh, a SaaS platform or a, or a, um, or a CAS platform, maybe call it. Like I mean, I think for, for us, platform. like we would like to, yeah, I mean, yes, the, the sort of, which as a service type thing, do you want to claim to be? And I think we'd like to always be as a sort of like as a, to capture that piece and also to learn as much, you know, to make the rest of the journey as fast as possible. I think it's always going to be a collaborative process. Yeah. So the software won't be sold out but we might well work in a collaboration, a partnership with say a bigger pharma company who have a much better idea of a target in the first place and have the ability to really scale up that chemistry already in house, like, and sort of do all the, um, so when we think about getting closer to the clinic, the first step is to just do assays that prove the sort of things that I've been claiming, like it only hits this one target and doesn't hit everything else in your body. Um, mm -hmm. And And so those sort of, Collaborations will be key. And one of the things that's super, so from a purely scientific perspective, um, one of the things we'd be super excited to work on is we've been looking at sort of Metella enzymes. So the type of enzymes which are ubiquitous in the body, or like at least there's lots of them in the body, but a lot of drugs that you design against them, they all kind of look the same and therefore stick to all of these enzymes. Yeah. And so one of our sort of perfect concepts with making things to look a bit different. And if we could work with people to show like that early value you have of just going, everything you normally design hits everything. If we can hit this smaller subset or, you know, ideally just the one we're really interested in, that would be a really powerful first step towards showing that what we're doing is genuinely different and adds value. Yeah, yeah. no, it's interesting. And like on the partnerships piece, have you got anything in the pipeline, especially around that, 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 that um, part you just mentioned there or? So those more ambitious, so that's sort of in some sense, the, the, the reason why we want those is they are quantum hard and therefore they are sort of the sort of things we're just striving towards in the sort of middle future and we're working on but um we are looking at partnerships so we've been talking to both big pharma and biotech companies and i think we have a couple of things we really hope come come to fruition in the in the new year um and so we really hope we, we're ready and we're set up to do partnerships with people now basically yeah. and that's where we're looking to grow in the next sort of six months into having those because what we think is the business model um that will help us and also you know drive the technology fastest is to have both internal projects which we have control over so that we know what we're targeting and then we can pick things like say i want to in the long term do metalloenzymes i yeah. pick one even though i know that the chances of me getting to the end of that are somewhat further down the line um but in the meantime we're picking up validation points of like saying um when do I get new and unexpected chemistry and what is the hit rate in each of my rounds and proving this data yeah. that then helps us get partnerships, which then gets us to have more experience with different um, enzymes. And also just to have like, in general, you'd expect to fail quite a lot in drug discovery. There's an attrition rate that you need to account for. So the yeah. more times you can be working with people and gaining that experience is, yeah. is the better. Yeah. I was, you kind of preluded to the question I was going to ask is take it to a business point of view now and if there's someone 
in a similar situation to you or just just uh, 12 or 18 months prior to where you are right now why partnerships have you looked why have you looked at partnerships and it's and why have you would you say that the difference between going for research partnerships or for industrial pharma and biotech partnerships and what are the benefits of them so we we, we have done we we worked in collaboration with an alzheimer's research uk project and i think the advantage of doing that is like one of the things of working with other people so from we're working in the chemistry side of the problem and there's a biology side and kind of having their expertise and people who know the system a points you in the right direction and, and b kind of gives you a really firm grounding in terms of just telling you when you're way off beam or where they've done things before in the past right like it's very easy to do something new and innovative or have a new and innovative way to get to it an old and played out solution um to a problem and that's been that was super valuable and having like um just i mean our team is obviously going to be it's quite small at this stage and so having external voices in in the discussion is super useful but in mm -hmm. terms of um commercial partnerships i guess it's an ex sort of in somewhat exaggerated form of that right people have a very clear what is success yeah um criteria and they also bring in really interesting problems right they want a hard target done and they want it done with a budget and with you know constraints on it and that's the only way we'll ever get to know what we're doing i can always sort of i can always wrangle my project to, to prove what i want in theory right and particularly in the yeah. sort of the vc world where you're going can i fake it till i make it what is the like what are the, the the sort of advertising messages i can get out of this project whereas what we really want to do is is make drugs that work and one of the best ways is to work with the people who have made drugs that work um <laughs> it's, a and, simple, yeah. it's a simple world really david isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and this is yeah and i think that's where i mean like and it also i mean obviously you you gain a lot of knowledge about the marketplace right the uh that you're in and what yeah. are other people doing what are people comparing you to so as we grow we need to show that we're you know in some ways better than some other people or at least different in a way that has a meaningful change to the outcome of what we're approaching and so even even trying to get partnerships has been a real learning experience in terms of communicating what we do trying to work out what we need to prove and then in the end just getting closer to people who really think a lot about the biology so the other side of the problems that we're yeah. we're working with yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. awesome I, I tell you it's been really fascinating uh chatting to you i think um yeah it's an interesting problem and one that before we um got to know you guys one that i hadn't conceived of and you know thought was, was possible you know thought there's like definitely ways of human beings being less less than good in these processes <laughs> you know and the powers of computers will, will, will come forward and um and hopefully you guys can be at the forefront of that and really be pushing it forward so thank you very much for coming on the podcast for, for episode one um of this sort of special series we're doing so thank you very well, much thank you very much it's been it's been a pleasure being here and i hope the series is a massive success yeah, fingers crossed <laughs> thanks david <laughs> bye cheers then. bye Thank you for listening to that episode of Life Sci AI, the podcast series, series four, where we are looking at the use of AI within drug discovery. If you would like to listen to any of the episodes in this series, please go back to the podcast streaming service for which you found this episode from. And if you would like to look at back at any of the other three series, please 
still so do the same because they are still live. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great day. Bye.